on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. That's, you know, that's what I was just alluding to, mm-hmm. right? The, the difference between people sharing their experience when a support animal is present or without. And it's just that calmness, that reassurance that there's another being in the room that's unbiased. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on ladies' night, focusing on self-care for black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. My name is Ursula B. I'm a Black girl getting my shift together. So today is going to be a lighthearted episode. Um, You know, a lot of us get stressed out, and sometimes we exercise, sometimes we play um, tennis, or sometimes we walk but there's other ways that we can relieve some stress. So we're going to talk about emotional support animals. But before we get into that, we're going to play this intro. Just for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, dog. And we're back. Thank you all for coming in. Look, I've heard the people, you know, we've had some heavy topics as of late on the podcast. So some people, they uh, DM'd me because I asked everybody if there are any topics you'd like me to talk about. And some people DM'd me and they said, hey, what about emotional support animals? Okay, so that was in my head. So I'm at a function and I see this beautiful soul. We started talking and it was a instant connection. So this sister has a beautiful, beautiful soul. And we we just started, I don't even know how the topic came up about animals. And then come to find out, oh my God, she's a therapist. Talk about alignment. So this is who I have that's coming on. And I'm going to bring my beautiful guest out of the waiting room, the green room. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How you doing? I am blessed and highly favored. 
I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much, Cherie, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Would you agree that we had a, a connection when we started talking? Yeah, it's like it's like this is my sister that I haven't seen in a long time. Yes, yes. This is one that I had the longest conversation with out of all the great people that I met that day. Yeah, I would agree. It was really nice. And I was so glad. How do we start talking about the animals? I don't know how that came up. Me. <laughs> just, just me being me somewhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. So everyone, this is what the topic is going to be about. Cherie had mentioned about I guess the emotional support and I just lost my mind. Anybody who knows me knows I love my animal of choice are dogs. So that's where the probably more of the connection came. So mm -hmm. can you tell everybody who you are, what you do, and then we'll get right into the Absolutely. So of course, as Ursula introduced me, my name is Cherie Newton. I'm a licensed master of social work. Um, I've been practicing since graduation 2009. Yes. Um, I've worked with infants all the way up to um, the elderly on their deathbed. So I've worked through the spectrum of population. I've been in different um, facilities, agencies, whether it was um, developmental disabilities, um, strictly mental health, um, housing, uh, low vision. And if you guys see it, I have two different color eyes. I do have low vision. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done community service with different organizations. Um, I am also a licensed financial educator. Yeah. Uh, so I there's couple different things, you know, with it be that I do. I know we're, we are all eclectic and I just exemplify that as well. You, and you do, and you do. I mean, what don't you do? <laughs> what don't I do? I don't eat pork. I don't eat meat. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I don't either. I can't do it. Okay. I, I like that. So while you're speaking, I'm already thinking, okay, that's another podcast episode. That's another episode I can invite her. So <laughs> there we go. But before we get into it, everyone listening to my voice, make sure whatever listening device you're listening to me, click that like, follow, share button, share it with two of your best friends, share it with five of your pet owner friends, because this is going to be a delightful conversation. So we're going to concentrate on the emotional support. And then I definitely want to talk about the financial end of it as well. Sounds good? Sounds great. Excellent. First of all, do you have any pets? Yes. So right now I have a dog, King, um, and he's sitting by my side so peacefully. Unfortunately, he has an upper respiratory infection that he's getting over. So if you hear, you know, a cough in the background, that is little boy king and i also have a blind cat that i adopted last year his name is cassidy happiest cat i've ever seen really? and i am fostering my aunt's cat until she's able to get her own place as she migrates to georgia as well so right now you know i do have three pets which is still on the low side for me, but they're all lovable. You know, they're my pets have always been lovable. What's the most pet you've had at one time? Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <gasps> seven, seven out of the water, and one, two, three, four, five in the water. What does that mean? All, all at one time. So I've had dog, oh no, 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 not seven, nine. So at kidding? one time, I'm not kidding. And I, I was raised by my paternal aunt and she loves animals as well. So at one time I had dog, I had <laughs> two Cornish hens, 
I wait, have- wait, wait. A Cornish hat? I want to say so much, but I don't want PETA on me or whatever. So I'll just be. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a part of PETA. <laughs> okay. So uh, the two Cornish hens, I had three pigeons. What? Yeah, three pigeons, two doves who then eventually had a baby. Right. So then that came to three doves and two um two ferrets. And then oh. the rest were they were five fish. The fish weren't mine, but I still took care of them. Oh my god. So that was at one at one time. And that's not even the scope of breeds. I've in the past I've also had iguanas. Um I've had ducks. Oh, here's here's my my aunt's cat on the windowsill now. Um, I've had ducks, um, quails again weren't mine. Um, that was that was about it. I have the first time I had a cat was last year. Wow, you truly are an animal lover. Yeah, my God. And I so took I- my parents to to college with me. Oh, yeah, I do remember. Well, yeah. you know, that's a great segue. So I was going to ask you, have how have any of these pets positively impacted your life? So I'm, I'm going to go back until to my childhood. When mm-hmm. I was about five or six, um, myself and my oldest brother were in foster care. Mm-hmm. And there was a point at which a neighbor's I we believe the neighbor let his dogs out on my brother and and his friends walking down the street from school, and he had really? two. I believe they were Rottweilers, and the Rottweilers went after my brother and his friends. So my brother came back bloody. Right, he came home bloody, and that stuck in my mind. So at that point, I was extremely scared of large dogs. Then it comes, you know, maybe about two years later, I was adopted by my paternal aunt mm-hmm. and she had this beautiful Labrador, Ebony. But once again, Labradors are large dogs. So I was initially scared of Ebony. But, you know, my aunt just phased me in and, you know, let me see how Ebony was and she wasn't, you know, a mean dog. And then I took on care for Ebony on my own, like at seven years old, by the time I was nine, um, Ebony was diagnosed with diabetes. And mm-hmm. my aunt was afraid to, like my aunt didn't like needles. So I took on the task of giving Ebony her insulin shots. Oh, wow. For, I, I, I believe it might've been right under two years before she succumbed to the diabetes, the effects mm-hmm. of the diabetes. Yeah. Um, from there, just... It flourished once I really got in tune with Ebony. I, I wanted something else, you know, and she obliged, <laughs> right? She obliged. We had um, pigeons. One day, uh, a friend of hers went to a Pollo place, right? A live poultry place. You could pick out your poultry, have them, yeah, oh feather them and, you know, clean them and that, you take that home and that's your dinner, right? And we went with her friend there and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what they do. This is crazy. And I saw these two white, all white pigeons there, the only ones there. And I asked if I could take them home. And my aunt was like, yeah, sure. I'm speechless. (laughs) She was, and, and that was, um, uh, what was their name? That wasn't Misty. That was May and May and Morio. Okay, that's cute. Yeah. So don't I, I just like to have pets that have the same letters in their names. It's a thing. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> but yeah, so started there and it just grew. Fish are fish are beautiful to look at, but we had a 75-gallon tank and a 50-gallon tank, and cleaning those every other week to once a month was a pain. Mm, I can imagine. So 
unless I have somebody who could do that, I won't be having fish. <laughs> See, and you know, I didn't grow up with animals. I was scared of animals when I was younger because back then, Doberman pinchers and German shepherds are were the pit bulls of the Rottweiler today. Yeah, and it was almost a um a given when we passed a certain house. We knew to run because the dogs would start fight. Was it fence fighting? And then some of them would jump over, and it was nothing for us to run and jump on t- people's cars and get away from the mm-hmm. dog. Mm-hmm. And this uh, next door to me, this dog was so mean. And the name of the dog, guess what the name of the dog was? Please don't tell me Cujo. Worse. (laughs) (laughs) The dog's name was Satan. (laughs) I promise you. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was a Rottweiler. I don't know. I didn't grow up around dogs. I didn't know about different breeds. I just knew Doberman Pinscher and um, what did I say? German Shepherd. Mm -hmm. They were all just, and they, like you said, big. So in my adult life, my aunt, she lived in show homes. So you had to qualify with the nice furniture and you would live in these beautiful mansions for a reduced price. Anyways, while she was getting her home built. And so the place would not let her have a dog or any animals. So she had a pit bull and a cocker spaniel. And so she said, I don't have anywhere. Can you watch them, you and your parents? So my parents have a bigger yard. So they took the pit and I took the cocker spaniel. And that's the first time. So the the dog comes and then we just look at each other. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> but the dog was so good. Yeah. And come to find out, in her younger age, in her heyday, when she was a hot girl, she was a show dog. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was the best first animal experience I had. Yeah. So I never knew of emotional support. I just... I felt it, but I didn't know that there was a name to oh, girl, mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. anyway, Yeah. I yeah. had no idea. And what it, I remember I was sitting on the floor and I remember something made me cry. And I put my head down. And usually I don't let animals on the furniture, but the dog, she, her name was Gemstone. Gemstone, okay. Yeah, my aunt had names. I didn't want to change the name. And so the dog, Gemstone, got on the sofa and she just put her head right on my shoulder and put her paw. I was like, oh my God, I love this dog. And so after that, I've been a dog. Dogs are my animal of choice. Just They got you. (laughs) So when you and I had that conversation and now I know, okay, there are such things as emotional support. So dogs or pets so there you go yeah yeah i loved yeah. it they are so, and, uh-huh and i've i've had many different experiences because i've huh, um i think the longest i've been without a pet since i was seven years old was probably eight months oh wow so you definitely you you about that life um yeah. <laughs> so I always wonder what's the difference between an emotional support dog? How does that differ from a service dog? Or is there a difference? There is a difference. Yes. Yeah. So a service dog provides some kind of tangible service at us outside of emotional support. So when you see a guide dog, that's a type of service dog. Right. When you have um, dogs that tell you about your sugar or there's people who have conditions which causes them to faint. Right. And they can alert their. I said I say porent, P-A-W-R-E-N-T. Right. (laughs) Yes. They alert their they alert their porent that, you know, they're about to have an episode. So they're providing some additional um, support. So they could also bring you food, right? If you're diabetic or hypoglycemic, right? right? And there's certain snacks that you need to eat to 
adjust your insulin levels, right? You, you teach them how to do those tasks. If it's turning off a light, if you have mobility issues, right? And your dog is there to help supplement, right? Help with you for tasks. Then that's where the service part comes in. So, and there's restrictions um, between um, having, when you're renting, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a delineation. Mm -hmm. So service animals have to be um, specially trained, right? Service animals have to be specially trained. Emotional support animals do not need to be specially trained. Okay, that makes sense. Because that makes sense because our pit, he was just young and he was wild as hell. He was just everywhere, but he he's provided that emotional support. But that makes sense because he would be the type to just tear everything up. But we didn't know how to train. We didn't know. We just <laughs> we didn't know. Exactly. Okay, so that make and you know what? I just found this out. I can't say the word because of YouTube, but the the virus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I was at this major event and they had it was when they just started to soft open the world. Mm -hmm. They had the little beagles that can sniff that yeah, yeah. Yep. Their virus. Yeah. That's, I did not know that. That's the type of service that they're providing. Yeah. So even when you you hear of um bomb sniffing dogs or um, relief dogs in, in crises and they they are able to sniff um, out humans in rubble. Right. So search and recovery dogs. Yeah. Yeah. And they've, they've been used in various capacities long before it was mainstream. Really? Yeah. So even when you when you look at police dogs, and we think that, okay, police dogs, you'll hear about it or see about it, but that's, they're, they were used. It just wasn't mainstream. We, we always had this thought that you had to be this type of entity to mm -hmm. provide that kind of service or otherwise like a, a seeing eye dog. We used to call it seeing eye dog back in the day. Right. Right. But think about that even you know, even deeper because there are there's a category of working dogs, right? Dogs who have to have a task to do, right? Or they're bored. I just saw something. We are in alignment. I just saw something on YouTube today, and I think it was a Jack Russell Terrier, mm -hmm. and the owner said that he wants to work. They're work driven. I said, oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. No wonder they're so, I always perceive them as wild, mm -hmm. but maybe because they were bored. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And that's what you get when, when you have a dog or anybody, any being who's not focused on something they want to do it, they appear to be wild, you know, but give them a task. My, my pity, unfortunately, we had to put him down last year because he had renal failure. Um, mm -hmm. He was the one. It, you, he, he loved to help. Loved mm. to help. So anything that I was doing, he wanted to be a part of, and not just a part of just looking. He wanted to actually be paused in it, a part of it. Really? I've I have pictures of him just helping. I was reupholstering some dining room chairs, and he's just like, okay, what? Do, how can I be of service? Uh -huh. And. And he was a quick, quick learner. So I told him just to hold that. And I'll, I'll send you the picture to hold down the fabric as I was cutting it. And each piece of fabric that I needed him to hold, I would position him. And he was, he was happy. That's amazing. He's, he was happy when we had the birds um, and he would see me do the routine to take care of the birds. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do something. I got a little bag, put the bird seed in, and his job was to take the bird seed to the cage. And wow. now my Labrador, she didn't care. She didn't care to do anything. <laughs> She's 
Oh my God. So, all right, well, let's talk about some ways that these pets that we are just adoring right now, how they can benefit our mental health. How about that? Absolutely. So I'm going to bring up, we'll pull up this graphic and I'll read them off to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you give me your assessment. If you don't mind, here it is. All right. So these are different ways um, that animals can emotionally support our well-being. So first one is a form of relaxation. Simply petting an animal can create a relaxation response and elevate mood. Emotional support animals are often used to help people struggle with anxiety. Mm. Mm. Yeah, with anxiety. What are your thoughts on that? So that's absolutely true. Right. So especially especially when you have an animal who is calm naturally. Oh. Right. You don't want to go ahead and pet an animal who seems anxious, right? Because then you're just like, oh my gosh, are they gonna bite me? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Right. But if you if there's an animal that loves people, love that interaction, yeah. Why you're focused on this animal, right? You're focused on the caring that you perceive from them. Right. They like you. They may not even know you and they like you. Mm. Right? So our chemical brain is just like, oh, I like this. This is pleasurable. So it's like eating a piece of chocolate. It, it makes you feel good. <laughs> I can think of right makes you feel good. <laughs> trying not to have any chocolate break out my face. Uh, but you get it, right? Yeah, me too. And to speak on that, my Um, last place of employment at a family homeless shelter, we had several families that had their emotional support uh, animals. And in that type of situation, that's a very anxiety-driven situation to be displaced, right? Yes. So it it helps. It helps. Mm-hmm. You know, this was something good. Um, I was at this conference and it was an all day conference and it was, um, there were thousands of people at this event. They had different breakout rooms and in between your breakout rooms, if you just wanted a break until your next, they had a special area. It was huge. And it was a almost like a, like a, you know, those little kiddie pools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They put puppies in it. Uh, you know, everybody loves puppies. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it now with the emotional support and how whatever those endorphins or dopamine, whatever it releases, but the company was very invested in everyone getting that, that mm-hmm. recharge that they had the animals, the puppies in that little pool and People were just petting them and you hear the, ah, but it naturally put, and I looked around and I said, I can see how everybody was in a elevated mood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. kind of stressful and boring after a while. You're ready to go, but the peppies were a great break. Yep. And they're, they, you, you don't feel any fear, you know, they're, puppies are just that, puppies, they're, they're not jaded by any kind of situation in life. Exactly. They're naive, so they're cute. Scary. <laughs> so we have people that are tuning in. And if anyone has any questions, respectfully for Cherie, just type them in the comment section. All right, let's keep moving. So the second one is that animals can provide companionship and children with sensory difficulties often feel alone because children at their age don't understand them. And they can help the owners to avoid feeling alone by just simply being there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, since there's been sensory deprivation, um, different, different um, cognitive, right, diagnoses present differently, right? So... Sometimes it's touching if you're if you want to have a child work on you know dexterity just what's going on with them developmentally 
Sometimes they don't like the feel of this. Sometimes they like the feel of that. And not all kids with sensory issues want to touch an animal, right? Well, that's an assessment that needs to be done, right? To see if that's a good fit, right? So anybody, like think of when you touch something fluffy, right? And and soft, what do you feel, right? You feel Mm -hmm. calm. Right. And then when we go to the other end of the spectrum, adults, right, as you're getting older, maybe your relationships are no longer right. Mm -hmm. You need you just want an unbiased living being. Right. Something to care of. Even empty nesters. Right. Even empty nesters get a dog or a cat or something like that. Why? There's no judgment. There's. Now people think that animals don't judge, but they judge. (laughs) (laughs) They cut cut their eyes. That is so funny. And I was reading an article in Psychology Today, and it said the same thing, that animals are more often than not judge-free. Those are people, or people, you hear me? Those are beings that are non-judgmental, unlike our human counterpart. Mm-hmm. So like that's what mm-hmm. we do. <laughs> but you know, people think that, but okay. They they have they have cognitive capacity above and beyond what some people will really admit to. My feelings. I would agree. Um I remember a long, long time ago we had to board the our two pets, the cocker and the pit. And it was a week. They didn't want to fool with us at all. It, they like they had attitudes. So I didn't know that. You know, bro, this is new to us. You know, the way I grew up, we were keep the dog in the backyard right, yeah. on the train, and you know, just give him some food and some scraps. But mm-hmm. that was then. Yeah. All right. So let's see, they provide comfort to people who are dealing with difficult situations. Support animals are often used to help people who are experiencing anxiety. We just talked about that. Uh And support animals will help their owners cope with their problems. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And that goes that goes into, you know, what we spoke about for number one as well. Um, And like I said, I was working in a family homeless shelter Mm -hmm. and that being such a difficult situation. And just think about it. You're for whatever reason, you're displaced from the home that you knew, right? Nothing Mm -hmm. is the same, right? You maybe with your family, right? You know that you have this pet and that pet is what provides that certain level of stability, right? and comfort that at this time you probably can't find anywhere else. Makes sense. Right? That may be the only connection that they have to mm-hmm. home. Mm. Right? Um, once again, a being that can't give, let's say like a verbal um, negative feedback, right? They don't care about where they are as long as they're with you. Oh, yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And I feel like it would give you a sense of being to know that you still have someone, something that cares about you, mm-hmm. even in these stressful situations. Yeah, so it's it's a lot. I've, I've had my, in, in my shelter, my office, usually, unless it was a support, a service animal, like the animals couldn't come to the office. I didn't care. (laughs) I didn't care. So if they want to bring them, hey, bring them. And there's been conversations that I've addressed with my clients that they seem so filled with anxiousness without the dog, but with the dog, Uh it's a calmer situation, right? Even if it's even seeing their pet lay down across the way, right? Mm -hmm. Or petting them, right? So it's, a reaction that you don't often realize until you see what happens with the pet and without the pet. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. 
I'm going to skip down to a couple of other bullet points on this. Those who are watching, I'm looking at number six, seven, and eight. So as you all know, Cherie, she is a therapist. So I really wanted to dig deeper some layers on these topics that animals help regulate emotions, emotional support animals, improve mood and reduce anxiety on a daily basis. But this is the part that got me that emotions tend to stabilize in the presence of an emotional support animal. And that, right? Usually like your, your, your pets are unbiased for the most part. Um, and it's just that it's, it's that common grounding feeling that people feel. I know it, I, I feel too. I obviously have best for a reason, right? right. Um, I see it from a different way than I, I see it from a different way than just having pets just to have pets. Right, right. Do you ever suggest to your clients is if any of them may experience anxiety, depression to get a pet? Not specifically suggest, right? Because you you also have to look at it from a holistic standpoint, right? Because having a pet is not just having a pet. You have expenses that go along with the pet. Uh, right, right. So holistically, can this person afford right? Afford to have this pet, afford uh, medical, right? Afford um, food, dare I say water, but food and water for the pet. Right. Be able to give that pet what they need, right? Because that animal also needs time to be that animal. What do you mean? So yes, we, we do have service. For instance, we do have service pets. And when service pets are out and about with their companion, they are focused on being that service provider to that, to that companion. However, at the end of the day, a dog is still a dog. A dog needs to interact with another dog. Right? Uh, okay. to, that being has to be fulfilled within what they are. Right. Right. Um, so, they have to have their time, right? To relax from being that service animal, to relax from being that emotional support animal. They have to interact with their own kind. I, I never thought about, oh, is that selfish? I never thought, <laughs> and I never thought about that. That's where you come with, um, when you see dogs that people say, oh my gosh, they're aggressive. So, can there, there's two sides to that. Number one, being overly excited, right? People mm. like to categorize as aggression because they don't know. Right. Being overly excited, people who don't know, they say that's aggression. Mm. And then there is aggression or anxiety, right? Pets mm. can be anxious too. I didn't know that either. Pets can be absolutely be anxious. Right. Especially if they don't know how to navigate in a situation. And then, yes, you may have a, you may have aggression as well. Right. And that would come from a lack of socialization with their kind. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, we can teach them anything that they, we want them to know. But the way that we correct them as humans is different than how their kind, their canine kind corrects them. Ah, uh, that is a great perspective. So even in my house right now, my my aunt's cat, right? She she loves people. She's she doesn't really like other four legged animals. So as we're talking right now, I hear her fussing at the cat, <laughs> my cat, because my cat wants to interact, you know, with her and play with her. Right. So correcting him like, hey, I don't want you to come near me. You could come about three feet from me, but that's it. So I could tell from her, her meows and her cowling how close he is to her. But she's giving him correction to move away from me. 
okay. I, I'm having all these thoughts on how these animals react. I never thought about it like that at all. There's yep. so <laughs> he, he doesn't one thing, my cat, he likes to be up under you. If he knows you, he wants to be up under you. Right. But what she's doing is saying, hey, this is my boundary. Mm-hmm. You need to respect my boundary. Okay. Yeah. I am. Um, I like what you said about the boundary. Too bad humans, too bad we don't get it like that with the boundaries. <laughs> even still, the, the, he, even still, animals need to learn, right? Because I, I could tell he, he's, he doesn't do boundaries. <laughs> I don't think he, I, I rescued him from the street, but I don't think he was a street cat. Mm. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't quite do boundaries very well. <laughs> That's funny. This um, man who I used to date a while ago, he loved animals and he had a cat. I, I don't really like cats. I'm just, <laughs> That's okay. we like it. Don't like, and guess what? They don't like me. And I think they can, not I think, now that I'm talking to you, I feel that they sense that I don't really care for them at all. And anytime I would, he, whatever those cat posts, he had the cat posts by the front door. So Uh whenever I would walk by the door, the cat would like punch me with Uh his I couldn't stand that cat. And I I just did not... Actually, I was scared of it. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. I always felt like it was going to jump on my back or on my hair or something. And and I asked to that, I asked you, what experience did you have in the past that gave you that fear or dislike of cats? Because it's, it's usually an, an experience. Now that you say it, my... Yeah. <laughs> It just we having a whole session, (laughs) y'all. Right, and I'm okay with that. My cousin had a I don't know that cat was. It was weird. I don't know. It was just something about that cat. It I did not like it at all. Mm -hmm. That was first time we actually had a cat in the house, an animal in the house. We weren't used to it, and my cousin went away to college or something. Anyways, or whatever, we had to watch it for the summer. That cat, it was just sneak around. And if I was asleep, I'd wake up and it would be right here. It just, I was always startled by the cat. Mm-hmm. Always. Just mm-hmm. always. And now remember, this was back in the day. <laughs> I remember we would try to get rid of the cat. The cat would come back. It found its way back at least twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just didn't like it. And obviously that stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. Because just like, just like anything that we label as a trauma, if it's not addressed, it stays. And there it is. Yeah. That, that definitely resonates. Mm -hmm. Wow. So let's see this. Well, we kind of touched on the social support. I was curious about they help produce neurotransmitters, antidepressants increase serotonin levels, and I can't read the rest of the sentence, but Mm -hmm. if you can go with that, if not, we can move on. So let's think about, I want you to really think about nature, right? Mm -hmm. So even when we go outside and we look at the sun and get charged up when it's nice and warm, not hot and just just depressive, right? Outside mm-hmm. or too cold, right? We feel more energized. Right. It's the same. Now, think of putting that together with an animal. Excuse me. That doesn't drain you of your energy, right? So we think that neurotransmitters are just something that is 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 inspired by like drugs right prescription drugs mm-hmm. Not, there's things in nature right we come from nature right, right. so if we get back into nature our bodies are recharging right 
when we get back to just being, right? Not just, oh, I gotta go to work and all that. That's that's extra, right? Just being, being in the moment, being with, you know, what makes you feel love, doing what makes you feel love, self-love, right? right. Our natural, natural ways of, you know, getting our chemicals to flow. And yes, some people do need extra help, right? So mm -hmm. that's a whole nother topic, medication versus non, you know, medication therapies. Right. Right. But you always, my input is try natural ways, right? Mm -hmm. Try natural ways of assisting to, you know, overcome some issues. Right. Being in nature, um, dealing with, with pets, if that is that, if that's something that you could stand, right. Putting that as a self-care item, right. On your day to day or week to week, see mm -hmm. how that helps you. Now it doesn't mean that it will help in every situation, not saying that, but see if it'll help you. Right. We've gotten into, um, a lot of this old oh, Western medic medication solves every problem. No, we need to go back to what's natural. Right, right. I like that. I like that. Mm. So it's, you know, a lot of these, a lot of Western medication, you know, there's, we know there's side effects to a lot of different things. So let's go to the passive of least, least resistance. Right. So overall, would you definitely agree that animals can benefit our mental health? For me, absolutely. I second that opinion. Absolutely. And that's why I'm working on building my brand, right, to bring animal-assisted uh, therapeutic intervention to youth, right? Mm. I know my experience. Um, I've known the experience of my clients. And I've had more positive experiences than negative experiences. Really? So, I, can I think of a At this point, I can't think of a negative experience. So I mean, the only negative experience that I've had with a client was that the client didn't have the proper paperwork. Right. Bring their pet into the shelter system and they had to board their pet for about a month and the child decompensated severely. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Whoa. That, that would be the only negative effect that I've seen thus far. I would and love if anybody has any experiences that they've come across, share them. I'd like to hear. Absolutely. So when you do build your brand out, seriously, if you need a volunteer, I'm all in it. Oh, I had to tell you, I'm in it, in it. When yeah. we go offline, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do for my birthday. Oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> offline. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, you're going to love it. So speaking of your brand, let's go in another direction before we end about another part of your brand, which is the I Know I no, Grow Financial. All right. Yes. So, yes. So in 2021, uh, one of my aunts, she's, she's about educating and empowering the community, right? Even before I was born. Okay. Um, she met who is now our director within the business, Tamika Fallen. So my aunt Ida met her. She was introduced to the financial literacy business. And of course, my aunt Ida is going to tell everybody she knows, right? right. So she says, Sheree, you kind of come, you got to see this, so on and so forth. I think the first time I said, okay, I've been very busy. I'll come back, came back, um, learned about it, and then saw all of the education that they're giving people mm. about financial literacy and how to be the steward over your own money, right? 
and what we need to know that we weren't given by our elders, right? School, even when we pay for school, we don't get this education. Mm -hmm. And it hit me hard for a couple different reasons. Number one, at the time I was still working in the family shelter. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I would always say to fellow co-workers, like, hey, be understanding of where these people are, right? Yes, there's some things that people do that kind of annoy us, but we never know if we could ever be in that situation, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you're financially fit, there could be a natural disaster and you're temporarily displaced. Right, right. Right. So we do have to be humble and thankful for what we have. Mm -hmm. um, and it made me realize that, ooh, if I, you know, if something happened, do I have an emergency fund, right? How is, is my emergency fund sufficient? So not even do I have it, but if it, is it sufficient? Um, another issue was that I wasn't protected. If, if I went down and I've had a couple different instances in my adult life where I've had to be out of um, work for my personal um, medical needs, Mm -hmm. And that's another podcast. <laughs> um, and am, am I able to sustain my bills right when I'm out of work? Right. right. Protected enough so that I can sustain my bills out of work. And also my mother suffered her second stroke within the past two years and had to go into a nursing home. Oh, wow. And... I, I said, it's been hard, right? And I said, for me, for my future children, I wouldn't want them to have to go through what I've experienced, right? With my mom being in a nursing home, right? right. So for me and the medical diagnoses that have been given, right? I know at some point I'm going to need more help than I do now. Mm -hmm. Older, we all need more help, right? It looks good for everybody. And for me, I want to be able to prepare for my for my children to not have to be so burdened because they're taking on my financial needs because I wasn't properly educated and didn't have a plan, mm -hmm. right? And plus, I want to be in a bougie nursing home. <laughs> I don't want to be in a Medicaid room. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> in a bougie, you know, senior center or something like that. Right. No, give me some lobster for dinner. <laughs> okay. So I know that there's, you know, planning that I have to do for that. And being a social worker and a therapist, I always like to help people. And one of the things within social work that you see a lot is financial insecurity. Right. Hardship. Right. So I'm able to not in just incorporate this in my life, but incorporate this in the lives of the clients that I serve. Mm -hmm. So this, for me, a lot of people don't see my vision um, with the animal assisted therapies and having the financial portion, but it is, right? We have to start teaching our children early, Absolutely. as early as possible. And even if you're an adult, you could be 70 years old, 80 years old, you're still not, you're still alive, right? So you can still learn. I love that. Yeah, it, it doesn't so stop. It is, yes, it, your age doesn't stop you from learning and mm -hmm. elevating. And we don't know what we don't know until we come and find out what's going on. Mm. I feel that this financial talk is very, um, it resonates with a lot of people. I had another financial advisor. And as a side note, my theme song, actually, he's the rapper on it. <laughs> I love the theme song, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, he's this financial guru. He, he's been in it for decades. But I'm saying that I'm mentioning that is because when we aired the segment that at the time was one of the highest rated views that mm -hmm. I had mm -hmm. because he came from a perspective. I always tried to tie everything into somehow mental health and or wellness. Mm 
And I never knew growing up that there is such a thing as financial wellness. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. Yeah. And not to blame my parents at all. It's just like you said, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I really believe that that is definitely, a, um, it can be triggering for people, but not yeah. in a bad way, but I feel like it'd be a trigger for people. Yeah, absolutely. You realize, well, hey, I could have saved better. I could have invested smarter. I could have saved more. Mm -hmm. All of that. So uh, when you told me that you had the financial aspect, which I was very impressed, that's why I wanted us to talk about it. Um because I want to share you with everyone because not everybody knows. Sometimes it may be something small, small tip, but it could be mm -hmm. for someone. Else. I, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, you know, we've in, in certain cultures, we were, are taught not to share. Girl. And that, what is that doing? If that is not our culture, at least the culture I grew up in, you don't say anything. Nothing. Don't talk about your business to nobody else. No. Mm -mm. They're going to use it against you. Yeah. All of that. What goes on in this house stays in this stays house. Stays in this house. Mm-hmm. No what does that do? That, that keeps that stuff bottled up and pushed down inside, right? Mm -hmm. And it causes you not to be able to learn how to process it. Right. Mm -hmm. It causes you to think that you can't have support elsewhere. Oh, my God. Gain perspective elsewhere. We all need we all need to gain perspective and insight out outside of our immediate circle. I love that. Going back to what you said earlier, if you do go outside of that circle, you use the word elevate. Mm -hmm. I love words like that. Elevate, progress, move forward, higher. So when you said elevate, that made my soul just do this. It just fluttered because I think if you stay, if you go beyond outside of yourself is when you can grow. Mm -hmm. um, I would liken it to some people who I know that just never lived outside of their zip code. Mm -hmm. But then it could be mentally as well. You just stay. Yeah. We don't live. We live. We stay within we don't live outside of what we can go yeah. beyond that's that comfort zone that's that's, that's, comfort that's that zone. comfort zone me yeah. coming to georgia was pushing out outside of my comfort zone yeah and i'm glad you did because then we wouldn't be here okay <laughs> we wouldn't be here how can people get in touch with you if they want to get some tips or just to get in touch with you, whether it's about the emotional support, but more importantly, the financial aspect, because they want to elevate. Yes. Yes. So a couple different ways. My email is, I know I grow financial at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Please send me anything, any questions that you have. You could also pick up the phone and call me. All right. <laughs> I didn't know that. You are just phone. <laughs> so 347. Okay, hold on. Let me pull that up as well. This is some good stuff. 347. 443. 443. 499. 299. And on Instagram, I'm at um I know I grow. Okay. So if anyone is watching, I know I grow financial and the phone number 347-443-9299. If you're watching this, take a screenshot. Uh, the email is I know I grow financial at gmail.com. Take a screenshot of that. And you said on First, I want to put another um, IG up. Yes. And it's Mima's underscore corner. Girl, spell it. M-E-M-A-S underscore corner. Underscore corner? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Maybe. if my pets could speak, 
especially ones I adopted, they would call me Mima. <laughs> oh, that is too cute. So is that it right there? Yes. All right. You all take a screenshot of that. And while I drop the um, all this info in the chat so people can see, and I will put it in the description show notes for anyone. If this is a replay, also in the audio, you can always look in the show description notes and it'll be a live link that will go straight to Cherie. So while I put all of this in the chat, can you say some parting words, whether if it's financial and emotional support, whatever your spirit is telling you? I want to encourage everybody to find ways to heal from any trauma or negativity that they've been in in their past that has impacted them, Ooh. right? And sometimes we don't realize it has impacted us. But if our relationships are suffering, right, it's just a mirror to what it is that we have inside of us that's unresolved. Okay, so that is emotional, financial health, right? We all have to elevate our, our spirit and our light. And a lot of times we have to get that gook, right, that stuff down, mm -hmm. right? We have to get that so our light can shine brighter. Mm. So I really encourage all of us to do that. And healing looks different for everybody. Absolutely. Um, I know it is, I've come across many people who, you know, say, oh, I don't need healing. And it's, it's pride and a stigma attached to healing and um, mental health services. A lot of times people think, oh, mental health services are, are just for people who are diagnosably crazy. Right. No, um, we do so much nowadays because we have to have more than one income, right? And we need to have that release. And sometimes, yes, that release looks like talking to a friend, but you can't always put your hardship on your friend, right? Mm. So being able, or your family, so being able to find another outlet to release that and start healing. So we all have to heal from something. We have, none of us have gone through life unscathed by something. Some people can heal faster and in different methods than other people. So healing looks different for each and everybody. Mm. But I encourage you to be with yourself and just see how things have happened in your life. Right. If it seems like things are not going your way, then what aspect may need to be improved? Mm. I love that. Um, since I've been on my healing journey with my therapies, I have these new ears and vision. And I saw how I was running kind of reckless myself, mm -hmm. which is why I had to get my shift together. together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me keep it really real. But you, I feel like when you can see it within yourself, you can see it in other people. Yes. You agree? Yeah. That's that, that's that mirror. That's, that's that mirror. Okay. That hit my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense why we connected the way we did. <laughs> and that makes me feel good. I because I felt really good when you and your friend left when y'all walked away because we talked for a while. Yeah. That, oh my God. And I met so many people that in the span of two days. And it just you just resonated. And sometimes I lose numbers just because I'm so busy was trying to collect everything. You saw everything we had. Yeah. I made sure to make sure and keep your number. And I had a backup just in case. If you did, did yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I sure did. And same, same here. Same here. Yeah. So it definitely was an honor to meet you and for you to come on. I can't say the, um, the A word on YouTube, but I would love to do a sh now that you you have my creative juices flowing to do a show on financial a mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay I mean, just think about it think yes, about it yes ma'am 
everyone, thank you so much for another episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I told you I was going to keep it lighter tonight, um, but we're going to get into it next week because (laughs) it's a true crime story that's coming on. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about DV. You all can Mm -hmm. look into the behind the scenes. I can't say the A word on Mm -hmm. YouTube. But there will be someone and um, she's going to talk about her strength after her DV experience mm. that she's had. I've so um, yeah. say that again. I've I've dealt with clients who've experienced that as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. So um, if again, if you're watching this on the replay, make sure type replay, make sure share, comment this video share it with some of your friends who may want to get their financial shift together and let me know if you want sheree to come back because i do have a good evening sheree thank you love love (laughs) take care For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift